What is dead may never die. And no, we are not talking about the Republican health care bill. Actually, actually, can I, can I pivot for a second? Okay? But you can't <laughs> pivot to start the show. <laughs> we usually get, it's I not know, a pivot. It's just sidetracking. We usually get into politics at the end. But Joe, can, can everyone here promise we need to get to Anthony Scaramucci at some point here? Okay. The, the, the greatest they, – they couldn't have cast that villain better if they had tryouts for the part, okay? <laughs> I, I mean, I think Trump waited for his wife to file for divorce. <laughs> That's incredible, okay? Our, we, we literally have a real-life Waldo Frey among us, okay? Welcome, Anthony Scaramucci, to the Steve, Trump. you can't anyway, be in charge of, this, of the, these podcasts anymore. I digress. <laughs> I digress. Welcome. Welcome to episode three. Halfway season. through. Can you believe it? We're Our almost halfway through. through. Almost half, almost, almost. Yeah, we uh, we've got some special guests in the house. We've got uh, uh, one new face and and one comeback face. We got our uh, very own uh, Grand Maester John. Say hello, John. What's up, guys? Good to see you again. And then, of course, we've got our King of the North over here. First time uh, uh, caller in, Mister Peter. What's up, big man? What's up, gents? Hello, Virginia. Hello, DC. Oh, we're How's bigger than that. Come on, we're bigger than that. This is worldwide. He's, he's, we he's got playing to his base. We okay. got two he's, hits he's in Russia last week. Cheap applause. <laughs> okay. And then, the DMV right now. and then, of course, as always, pulling up the rear, we got Joe. The caboose <laughs> is loose. Thank you, fellas, for joining in. We uh, Look, this is our, our rapid reaction show. So we're coming to you five, ten minutes after watching um, The Queen's Justice is the episode name. And... It was a hell of an episode, and I think there was so much to get into. But let's just go around the room. Biggest takeaway of the night, kind of the the thing that stood out to you most. Of course, we had, uh, you know, I, I won't list everything, and I want to steal anyone's thunder. But uh, biggest takeaway of the night, uh, let's go to Grand Maester John. Uh, I definitely have to say I was really impressed with Cersei this episode. Uh, My girl. She, <laughs> I knew you'd like that one. Um I was just not expecting her to be as calculated as she was this episode. I think the last uh, few episodes we've seen her, she's really been acting on her emotions. And this is the first time we see she's like, you know, for the season at least, that she can put it all aside and she plays everyone everywhere. And it was fantastic. As much as I hate her, it was fantastic. We're going Peter next, or you coming me next? Let's go. Uh, we got to go to the new guy, King of the North, Pete. All right, fellas. Yeah, I mean, I have to say it's probably Cersei. Um, looking back at it now, she's probably lost every ounce of humanity that she has ever had. I mean, she is paralleling the Mad King Aegon Targaryen. It's not even close. If you look at what she's doing right now, she is an absolute lunatic who's lost touch with humanity touch with the real world she's looking at any means to kill every single person necessary and if you kind of flip it on the other side you're actually seeing a little bit more humanity from Daenerys and she's someone that actually cares about the people at this point doesn't want to risk innocent lives um in route to battle to victory um but Cersei is you know as John said very calculated um she has lost every ounce of dignity she has and will stop at nothing to live on her legacy wow two two votes for cersei okay this is a surprise to me joe i was uh so 
rapid reaction. I was blown away that we got the meeting that we've been waiting for six years, it seems like, to get. We got it in the first 10 minutes of the show. And not only that, we got this awesome dragon flyover, like buzzing the tower Top Gun style scene where you know everybody hits the deck. And the, the I think probably the best line in the entire of the entire episode, um, you know, uh, what's his face? Tyrion turns and says, uh, th- "Their mother is waiting for you." Like, just like a complete, like, I-, I mean, I was blown away by that scene. And you guys know, like, I start the show a little late, and I'm watching on that that uh, that like TiVo half turbo mode thing, so I'm still getting audio, but it's kind of moving a little bit quicker. TiVo, by the way, if you're listening, we're open for sponsorships. But TiVo is dead, Joe. TiVo is not dead. TiVo is not dead. But but the point is, I, I actually took it off. I went back and rewatched it in just the regular, the regular time it was recorded, and that was such a dramatic and incredible. Like the scene. rest of humanity. Yeah, whatever. You know, I mean, you guys Joe watched the first five seasons of Game of Thrones on double speed. Well, yeah. Who's got time? Who's got time? I, I, I mean, he's got four jobs. Okay, he's got seven kids and four jobs. <laughs> But for me, that was that was the thing. We they gave us what we wanted right up front, and and as a as kind of like a one A or one B to it, um, the intro where John walks in, you know the 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 mother of dragons is sitting on the throne, and she and and uh, what's her face with the perfect boobies is ta- is giving off, like rattling Sean, off. Yeah, don't, she's, don't, I, I, I always drop that name, but she <laughs> she's listing off every name that she's known by. <laughs> and, and then it's, it's the other side. The camera pans over, and it's uh, this is Jon Snow, King of the North. <laughs> and it's it's just like initially when I saw it, and I, I was texting Steve when I watched it. Initially, I felt like it, oh, you know what? Okay, maybe like this is a this is kind of like a, a big D moment where he, he's got to flex a little bit, or he feels like he's not really living up to to the role or to his potential. And it, it was just the opposite. By the end of the scene, he he looked like the champ, and he was just like. You can. We could talk all day long about, you know, what you, the throne, and you want to go do what to Cersei and whatever. He's like, if the army of the dead crosses the wall, you're ruling over nothing. So for me, it was all within the first six, seven minutes, or maybe a fifteen minutes, and then the last fifteen minutes. But we'll talk about that later on. But that was for me the yeah. big thing. They gave it to us right up front. It was awesome. Yeah, and to go along with that, I, I would definitely say. I mean, this is the meeting we've not six seasons for me ever since I learned about the rumor of the worst kept secret on Game of Thrones, which is R plus L equals J, which is the Rhaegar and Lyanna equals John. This is the meeting we've been waiting for at that point when when we discovered that truth and and that secret. So I thought it was kind of anticlimactic. I mean, I, I think it was so built up in my head. I was expecting maybe literal fire and ice. Like, I didn't know what to expect. And it kind of, you know, you're, you're just settling into the episode. And all of a sudden, Jon Snow's on the beach and is being greeted by Tyrion Lannister, who, I mean, talk about a reunion. I mean, they went to uh, the Wall six seasons ago. I mean, they met in the first episode of the first season. Tyrion is a drunk having sex with a whore, and, and Jon Snow is his bastard. Multiple whores, Stevie. Multiple I, I, I'm whores. sorry. It was, the, yeah, the, ba- it was that, the other meeting of the bastards. Let's get that uh, for the record. Yes, multiple whores. So, uh, you know, that was really cool. And, and then you get into the meeting. And I think we need to spend a little bit of time on that meeting because, uh, you know, you have the two potentially most powerful people in the Seven Kingdoms outside of Cersei, and Tyrion Lannister is the one driving the meeting. I mean, he's the one... 
that Jon Snow says something and Daenerys looks straight at Tyrion, like, do I believe this guy? Do I accept this guy? And it's very clear at the, at the outset, she does not. And she has one goal in mind, which is bend the knee. And to her, that's the only thing that matters. And uh, so, you know, Tyrion's kind of driving this conversation. And the irony is Daenerys wants him to bend the knee, and he doesn't care about that at all. All he cares about is the dragon glass and getting, uh, uh, you know, backup and support to fight the army of the dead. So it's people really talking English and Chinese at this point. The, the conversation can't go anywhere, which is why I love that it kind of ended in this cliffhanger of, am I your prisoner? Like, what's going on here? And she says, not yet. And it's this whole, like, you know, it, it doesn't give you a conclusion, which is great because they have another conversation later. Um, and, and well, what did you guys think of that? I mean, is that what you expected from a Jon Snow and Daenerys Targaryen, uh, both people in the room? Is that Was that kind of what I'm, you guys I'm gonna expected? I'm going to go first. No. And I'll leave it at that. It just wasn't what I, what I expected. I loved it, but it wasn't what I expected. Yeah, I mean, it's not what I expected. Jon Snow was extremely disinterested in the conversation. Um, it was very clear that he had no intention of furthering um, anything except trying to extract the dragon glass and really caring about the army of the dead. I mean, he but, he didn't really care about Cersei. He didn't really care about um, Westeros. He, all he cared about was the White Walkers getting to the wall, attacking the people, the army of the dead, I mean, he didn't really have any other motive. He, he called he them children. Interested. He called them children. I mean, but, he, he knows because he saw he saw what, what he saw, and they don't really believe him. And maybe she kind of turned towards the end. She said, get the dragon glass if you want. That's fine. Tyrion may have had a hand in her believing. But at the end of the day, he, he, it's child's play to him. He thinks that these are children who are coming together fighting a war that is of no effect because the army of the dead is coming. Um, I don't it think was above him. I, I really don't think it was a surprise at all. We got that from the last episode when he was talking to the lords in the north, and everyone was like, "You can't go. She's going to take you prisoner. All she wants is for you to bend the knee." And even at last episode, we saw that all he cares about is the White Walkers. Like honestly, I wasn't surprised the least bit. I don't know why you guys were. He, but were you surprised about him not bending the knee and no retaliation from Daenerys? I mean, I was thinking uh, at least an attempt of uh, of a beheading, or at least just trying to scare him. <laughs> he went in that straight direction. to beheading, not like go straight to <laughs> skip a whole bunch my, of steps. Yeah, but yeah, where are my dragons? Uh, no, but we're gonna rain fire on his ass. I mean, how do you just? She's never been nonchalantly the... walk up to the throne and say, "I'm not bending the knee," and she's kind of okay with it. Okay, but look. John has never cared about anything besides the safety of the realm. So, like, in his mind, it's ride or die. Like, I need to figure out how to save the world, or it really doesn't matter. So he has nothing to lose. And Daenerys, on the other hand, like what you're saying, she's not the type to do beheading from the first shot. Like, yeah, she's a very vengeful person when you cross her the wrong way. But he hasn't crossed her yet. Like, he came, and this was the first time that they met. Look at look at when she dealt with the slavers in Astapor and Marine and Yonkai. The same thing happened. Yeah, she, gave, she gave everyone a chance. Like she's not the type to just be like, you know what? You're not going to bend the knee. F you. It's over. All right. So who else picked up on Varys whispering in her ear? I mean, that's my boy. And what was that conversation? Because the, no. the tone completely shifted. Well, the conversation I, was our the conversation navy, our was navy just got Europe. trashed. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yara's dead, the Navy's That's gone. That's Steve's boy right there. Yeah, well, well we're going to get into that. But but what I noticed is, did anyone else think that Melisandre, speaking of nice boobs, did anyone else think that <laughs> Melisandre was going to offer herself on the cliff? So no. I, did anyone else realize that? Right before no. Varys sees her, she she's talking about the regrets, and she obviously right. regrets killing uh, uh, Stannis' daughter, Shireen, and then she looks and sees Ser Davos, who she knows, and of course Jon Snow, who she knows is going to kill her if they ever see her again. I thought she was going to offer herself. She said some weird stuff to Varys. It would be great, actually, if she would just leave the show because she's useless. I think now she's useless, and I think they're getting rid of useless characters because they don't have a lot to go, and obviously we saw that at the end uh, with Elena Tyrell, but... um, Okay, let's let's skip ahead. Okay, let's go to the next scene because, as was noted, this is my boy. Okay, this is becoming the the superstar <laughs> all star of season six. You're on Greyjoy slash uh, perpetual boner. You're on Greyjoy. <laughs> just, I mean, he is is is. He's your boy. You know, it's Ricky Davis. It's incredible. It's, <laughs> you talk about a joy ride. Okay, a victory lap around the town. Okay, he's making cat sounds to the women. He's he's saying no. he's he told Yara he's, he's got a boner. <laughs> he had a boner from it. It's incredible. And he goes and he brings, which I don't know, Joe, can, can we rewind the tape? Uh, we did a prediction about what would be Euron's uh, gift yes. to Cersei. And I said it was Theon and Yara. So I was uh, one off on that. But it ends up being Alaria and her daughter and Yara. And of course, uh, this is one of the most precious gifts for Cersei. And that's why they teased uh, the death of Marcella in the uh, the preview. So, what, what, what did what did we think about Euron? Okay, just balls out literally. <laughs> well, he went from a he went from a non interesting character and storyline that we we all felt was you know stalling to central. Like he's he's in the mix of everything now, and he basically marches in, tells Cersei, "Hey, what's up? Look what I got." And she's like, you will have your heart's desires. But then she promptly goes to, I think, bang her brother. So, uh, you well, know, a little yeah. kind of confusing. Right after killing uh, Alaria's daughter. Yeah. yeah you know, <laughs> he gets so, turned on, riled up. Yeah, I mean, he takes his, he literally takes his hand off of his body and is trying to, like, relax with a, a nightcap. And then she comes in and uh, I, I don't know what's going on there. That, but that's not that scene. But to your question, Euron is now central to everything Cersei is planning. Like, he, he is the commander of the Navy, right? And she, she goes on this mini, like, um, you know, rah-rah war chant, basically saying, with Jamie commanding the army and Euron commanding the Navy, we can't be defeated. And, you know, it plays out a little bit later on in the episode, which we'll get to, but the scene itself where he's marching Yara through the streets, like, I'm, I'm a Yara fan. Like, I've really... I, I've always kind of liked her character because she's in and out of different storylines, but she... Like, she always held her own. And to see her in that position, where she would probably rather be dead than being marched through the streets like that, like, what what becomes of her now? Like, who's going to come save her? If you really think about this, like, who's going to come for her? It, it's really interesting to think that there there aren't that many allies. Like, like Daenerys's allies are kind of, uh, they're piecemeal at best. Who's going to come for her? Like, she is, she's John McCain, kind of, in Vietnam. <laughs> Poor, poor a forty for the guy. Okay, come on. Okay, leave his name out of your mouth. Okay, okay, okay. okay. He's trying to get healthy. Okay, but but yeah, Cer- I mean, Peter, Cersei's Peter, crazy. But Peter, Peter, in here. Peter, can can Euron get any cooler than he is right now? I mean, I, so you know, I I tend to agree with you, Stevie. He may be crazier than Ramsey Bolton. 
Okay, his mentality is is distraught. I mean, he is a disruptive character. Um, and he knows, he knows that Jamie and Cersei are banging each other. And then asking that question, I mean, he just brought Ilaria. Finger in the, the bum. Finger in the bump. And not right, and right in front of the mountain, too. I mean, right in front of the mountain. The guy has no filter. He doesn't care. He's Finger got no in the chill, bump, as the kids say. Asking, asking her incestual twin lover how she likes it. I mean, can he get any crazy? I don't think he can. I mean, and to Joe's point, he has become central. And actually, almost in a way, he's positioning himself to be Cersei's confidant. Essentially removing Jamie from the equation. I, I, I don't know. There's going to be a brawl between the one-handed man I, I, and the finger in the bum. <laughs> you know, I, I would pay probably. Commander I, of the Armada. I think I would pay $60 just for episode four if it involved 12 minutes of Jamie and Euron talking about uh, uh, what to do. So yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm waiting yeah. for the unedited cut. John, please, please bring uh, a little bit of uh, dignity to this episode here. Yeah. I don't know. I can't follow up. Peter, I think, said finger in the bum 11 times in the last minute. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the E on iTunes. We're, we're, we're done, okay, on that exp- uh, expedition. Double E for us. <laughs> okay, le- okay let's, let's, let's get a little bit uh, uh, more serious, talk about the next scene, which, of course, is the probably most sadistic scene um, that we've seen in a long time. Yeah. yeah. And uh, it involves Cersei and Alaria. And uh, to me, it, it had shades of um, Cersei after they had blown up, she had blown up the Sept of Baylor, and she got to that nun lady who was yelling at her shame. Um, and she, of course, tortures her and threatens her. I felt like it kind of had that same feel. Um, and of course, uh, just crazy. And you know, to be honest, I felt like there was a piece of humanity in Cersei when she was talking about Marcella, and she actually started kind of to tear up. And I don't know if, if that was my imagination, but she got really emotional at this whole, you know, why did you kill my daughter? And um, then she pulls out the poison, just lays one on Hilaria's uh, daughter. And I mean, did, did anyone see that coming? I I, I I think maybe I'm more sadistic. I thought the mountain was going to have her way, have his way with the daughter for quite a long time. And I thought that's how it was going to happen. But did anyone see that coming? You know, see, I didn't. Um, but it brought to light a lot about Cersei's evolving character and the fact that her corruption and her desire to torment has now become absolutely insatiable. Before, she was okay with the quick death. She was okay with the beheading with the smashing someone's brains in. But now, that's not even enough for her, which just goes to show how sick and twisted of a person she is. Now she just wants to continuously torture people because just death in and of itself to her it's not fulfilling her. is not fulfilling. She has gone off the deep edge, and she is a manifestation of Aegon Targaryen. She is the Mad King 2.0. I mean, you saw in the Sept of Baylor, she used the wildfire, and now you see it in the way she's tormenting her enemies. And that's why she, Jamie she, is going to kill her. He's going to kill the Mad Queen. It's going to happen. The, between the, Euron, the, between Euron, and the 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 sexual preference conversations, Jamie Jamie is going to get to a point where he even in the last scene, which I know we're not talking about, he gets put on the spot. 
And he's like, I'm not in control. Like, he's very aware that she is crazy. Cersei is crazy. And she has become the Mad Queen. Like, I, I mean, I said that, in I think, on the after the end of the first episode. Jamie is going to kill her, and that will be his claim to the throne. Um, but the scene, like, I, I don't know. Like, I, I, I'm... I'm I'm twisted about that scene. Like I, I didn't love it. I didn't hate it. I could have done without it. It didn't really move the narrative forward. It's it's just another revenge like uh it's a it's a payback type scene, if if that makes any sense. Like I, I don't care about anything that is making amends for something that already happened because so much of this show now is just focused on what's coming. Like that's what I love about this season. It's so forward focused that this scene kinda seems out of place that it's Cersei, you know, settling a debt. And I get it was her daughter and whatever. I just, whatever, like, leave that leave that turbo mode on the TV. I didn't care for it. Yeah, uh, l- let me ask a question, okay? And I think uh, we, we killed that scene, no pun intended. Grandmaster John, a- a- anything going on with that visitor from Bravos with the Iron Bank? What that, It seemed like a kind of throw-in scene there. Is that a foreshadowing of enemies to the, I don't know, east, probably east. No, I mean, that was the foreshadowing to what we saw at the end with Highgarden. If you remember, uh, like, that's why, we, that's why we have John on the show. <laughs> like, remember last season, last episode, her and Jamie were talking about the debts, and she was saying, like, there's astronomical debt. And they have no way to repay it. And she even finished last episode saying she has a plan. And that was the plan. Let's go rob the gold of High Garden, and, you know, like um, kind of settle our debts with Bravos so that they can support us. And she did it. Like, I didn't catch it until we see that camera tilt pan back and we see Olena staring out of the window. But then it all clicked right then and there. Yeah. Shit, there you go. <laughs> and okay, then. You're making me look bad here, okay? I'm, I'm, I'm hosting this thing, okay? Let's talk about Scaramucci. <laughs> yeah, pivot, pivot back to something you can Are talk about. Are we going to talk about my boy Sam Farley at all? Are we talking about Sam well, at all? Yes, well, okay, we got to get to something before Big Daddy Sam was... Right. We had two reunions today, uh, tonight. We had... Uh, the Targaryen reunion, which they don't know about, which is uh, obviously John and Daenerys. And then we had, finally, another Stark reunion, which is the Three-Eyed Raven, uh, Lord Brandon, uh, meets Sansa. And it's this very emotional kind of reunion. And, boring. Hey, that ain't boring because Bran is sitting under. Why uh, is it taking him four seasons to go the distance that others have gone in, like, Three episodes. Uh, I, don't, I, don't, I mean, he, is, he also doesn't have legs, guys. <laughs> He's got that can chick we, pulling him around. Can we <laughs> kill off Mira Reed? I mean, she is nothing but an indentured servant, yanking Bran around. She has absolutely no value. Yeah, she's done. She's done. But I got to go back to Joe complaining about a guy who doesn't have two legs. Joe did Orange Theory uh, the other day. Okay, <laughs> my legs are hours, jello. Yeah, you, you wish you had Mira Reed too, Joe. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I. Yo, uh, it, oh, that was a don't do it back to back. Don't make us post your workout summary on Twitter, okay? I, I have pictures. Post, it, post hey, it, Rick. Joe. Don't worry about it. Post it. <laughs> Listen, Bran 
brings out the emotion in Sansa. So Sansa starts out the scene as kind of this ruling queen, right? And she's given orders and she's pistol whipping people and, and she's, you know, you know, barking orders here and there. And then she was checking she rations, up, actually. Like she was she was doing very administrative doing queen. Like, yeah, yeah, she was, she doing, was doing QA. She was working. She like she was QA. doing stuff. Yeah, she's doing a great job. And of course, Bailey, she's trying to get in her ear. Trying to get in something else, bada bing, bada boom. But uh, and then uh, and then she sees Bran, and Bran takes her back to mm. that night where she was completely powerless. And and you get kind of this dichotomy of this very powerful queen of the north. And oh, I remember I was there that night, and kind of you know obviously uh, as as a three eyed raven, I was there and I saw you at your lowest. Um, where where does this go from here? What's 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 Brandon's role? in the show right now because I mean, he's, he's got like a, a secret yeah he's like a fortune teller at this point and and the question is how much does he want to reveal i mean he kind of knows he knows that that john snow is actually a stark i mean he knows that he's targaryen targaryen mm-hmm. well yeah i mean he was he was you know born from Lyanna stark so he knows this information I and mean, the question is is he going to tell sansa how much, how yes. much is he going to reveal to her? I was waiting for that. I was waiting to see if he would spill the beans. But it, it seems like he has to tell John first, which might be problematic. Right. I think also he wouldn't reveal something like that without giving himself some credibility. Like he, the reason I think he kind of exposes Sansa at her weakest is to make her aware of the fact that he actually knows. Like but if he think- were. If he were to just come in and say, oh, by the way, our brother is half Targaryen, she's going to be like, well, what's your evidence? I think that's the ultimate issue is, is you can create potentially a civil war. And he has the power. Because Sansa, the moment she knows that he's a half Targaryen, that's enemy territory. And she is already concerned with killing off Cersei. She's always saying, you got to worry about the enemy to the south. John, all you care about is the enemy of the North. I know what Cersei can do. I know what she's capable of. I know how much how much of a monster she is. So you throw in the mix of her knowing that he's half Targaryen, then what credibility does Jon Snow have uh, ruling the North? And that's a good point because that was foreshadowed last week when Snow was talking to the lords of the North and the guy looked at him and said, you can't trust a Targaryen. And so she's going to clearly have support from you know the different houses in the north, uh, if she reveals to everyone that the king of the north is a Targaryen, that's that's a good point. But but see, like, and will Bran- Jon Snow leave? Will Jon Snow ever go back to the north? I mean, he is in Dragonstone right now. Will he even go back? Uh, yeah, for thought. Uh, uh, I'm pretty sure he will. Uh, me too. Me too. But like, so I, I don't like again. I'm uh, I don't like these kind of mundane storylines, right? So Bran and Sansa reuniting, it's cool, whatever. It's like a hamburger, whatever. But the reunion I want to see is Arya. I want, I want Arya and Jon to reunite. That, that's like a double cheeseburger with extra cheese. Like, that's the reunion that I care about. Why Yo, wasn't I, I, she I'm in the show? I'm failing to miss this hamburger now. I'm just it's hungry. Just, uh, your, boy, your boy's just hungry. Theory, your boy's uh, just really hungry <laughs> over here on a steady diet of celery and peanut butter. But, but like, it's okay, but it, it, it's ma- it, like Arya is the one that needs to be reunited with Jon. She's the one with the information. She's the, 
she's the she's the killer. Like she's the one that can actually aid in in. Well, she's probably going to kill Littlefinger. That that's my that's my two cents. I think she's the one that takes him out. But like, where was she this episode? Why is it taking? forever for her to get on the horse and, and get to Winterfell where, where the rest of her siblings are. Forever. We just saw it last episode, Joe. I know, I know. I'm, I'm <laughs> impatient. the Game of Thrones, Joe. This is, this is the quickest moving season we, we've had. That's true. Yeah. That's true. I mean, in hours, a thousand. A days, a thousand years. A thousand that's go. the reunion. That's the reunion okay. that I'm waiting for now. Like, now that that's the one that I want to see. Because what she would have to tell John and what John could learn from her it would would... I mean that that would advance the story considerably. Like I mean, said, honestly, go ahead, John. I think I think all of the Stark people are gonna, all the Stark children are gonna reunite in a couple episodes. Once John has finished mining the Dragonglass, I think he's gonna head up to the north, and we already know Arya's on the way to the north. I think we're gonna see a massive Stark reunion, probably circa episode six ish. Yeah, I'll take That's it. That's my prediction. I'll take it. Yeah. Well. Okay. Let's let's move this forward a little bit. Let's get to. Uh, here you go, King of the North, Papa Pete. We'll get to your boy, uh, Big Daddy Sam Tarly. Oh, my. I mean, he's, he's a stud. He's, he's a stud muffin right now. He heals Jorah Mormont of his uh, grayscale. And uh, well, what do you got to say for him? I, I think his package is bigger than ear on Greyjoy's. Okay. <laughs> I mean, this guy. Let, let's just talk about Sam for a second. One, he's killed a White Walker. Two, he's cured skin cancer. I mean, I don't know what that grayscale but the guy is unbelievable i don't he's think it's akin to skin cancer <laughs> whatever it is i mean he is amazing and he's got he's got a side chick who's a wildling who's he's not it's, bad it's, looking it's not a side chick that is his beloved samuel tarley is unreal his capabilities are completely undervalued and underestimated he is underrated he's a freaking stud well he thought he was going to get pistol whipped by the archmaester and he gets a pat on the back. No, he gets punished. There you go. He he gets told to go uh, make copies. There's no zero machine well, last well, I checked. I thought it was going to be a lot worse. I thought his life was going to be in danger, and he was going to get on a horse with Sir Jorah Mormont and go back with him to Dragonstone and meet up with Jon Snow. So I was pretty shocked that they kept him there because I thought he would be more of a central... And that would have been more interesting. Exactly. That could still happen. That could still happen, right? It still may happen. It still may happen. But it seems like it wasn't imminent. But what was imminent was two big attacks at the end of the episode. They seem to go pretty quickly. The first one is the Unsullied. Go to Casterly Rock, home of the Lannisters and their bannermen. And they siege the city. And, of course, uh, Grey Worm and, and, and the Unsullied go and they seize the city and then they find out. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Because they did, have these they, did, <laughs> they did something that they don't typically do on this show, which is get lazy. The Tyrion designing the sewers and there's like a secret passage thing was lazy. And th- this is a show that doesn't get lazy. So I, don't, 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 what are you going to criticize D.B. Weiss for? Who are you going to criticize it's lazy. Why? Yeah. Because they they could have they could have easily just had them because the point of the the scene they were going to end up taking taking the uh, uh, um, Casterly Rock. Rock like that was the goal of the scene why 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 water it down with this like because, Trojan because horse style approach the scene. but I mean I think the it was the part scene. to reinforce the trust that, no, the, that was uh, the goal of the scene that they were going to no, 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 end no, up no, inside and their arm and the and the the, the, the ships that brought them would be torched. 
and the Lannisters had already moved on because no, it was a waste of the time. Goal, the goal of the scene was what Cersei orchestrated. Like that's what I said, Rick. About- they don't care about it. So why not just let them take it? I'm just saying they haven't done this at all in the show. Well, very, very unfrequently do they just do something like this. Like how convenient that Tyrion was the one that designed the sewer system. Like, come on, that, that's that's just lazy. I, that's all I'm saying. But I know Steve was in the middle of a long interlude that he probably offered. It was, it was beautiful. It's, it's, I mean, it's stuff you can't okay. even do. You had 10 it's hours okay. to come up. The point is, you know, let's move this along here. They end up they end up eventually getting inside. They open the main gate. They, they storm they storm Casterly Rock. They take over. They whatever. And Grey Worm's on top. And he turns around. And your, your boy Euron has got his... Uh, oh. His 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 big D is on display. He's just torching I think everything. Steve had a boner at that scene. Yeah, <laughs> and and now the unsullied the unsullied are stuck. They're done. Hey, it, it, They're finished. Let me just say this: if I can't have Cersei, I'm glad that she found a guy like Yaron. <laughs> <laughs> she they deserve each other. Uh, I mean, hey, Cersei is is you talk about somebody who is more resourceful with the few limited resources that she has. She's two for two. Right now, using one armada against three different armies. You're talking about the 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 Greyjoy uh, army, uh, the Unsullied, and then Alaria and, and the army of Dorne. So now she's beat three armies or three uh, uh, you know different families with one uh, armada of ships. So you know that, that was incredible. Um, and it, it, so it, it, is. Do you think is Grey Worm is he a goner? They're they're done. They can't swim. Where were they going? They're finished. I mean, at this point, they'd have to march by foot, um, which would be very difficult for them. So uh, well, we got some foreshadowing of that. Yeah, I mean, they'd have to cross all the way from the west to the east in Westeros to get anywhere remotely close to King's Landing. Is it possible? Yeah, but it completely messes with their strategy. No, so it's then- not. they're already in Westeros. They just need to go from Casterly Rock to Stormborn. How, how the hell are they going to get there? March. They have to where, march. How do they know where to go? I mean, they just came by ship. They just came by ship. The ships are yeah, gone. It's 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 a it's a long march, so it's unfortunate. But the question, though, I want to ask is: Does that change Daenerys' strategy? I mean, she has been reluctant to use her dragons in attacking mm-hmm. King's Landing. Now that she sees, we see that scene at the end of the episode where Tyrion is talking her off a ledge, essentially, and saying, "You can't." She has no choice. You can't just go ride on the back of a dragon and set fire to everything. So she wanted to do that. At this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think uh, she takes the the, the, the chains off of uh, Drogon, Viserys, and Rhaegar. I think she's going to start using them because, I mean, once is a mistake. You know, you know, they they fooled her once. They're not going to fool her. They fooled her twice. Now they can't fool her a third yeah, time. She, she's she's gotta... lost two big battles, two monster yeah. allies. Uh, in back-to-back weeks, you know, so I, I, but to I, Cersei's credit, like, like uh, you know, I, I know why Steve is taking the, you know, praise Cersei route, but Daenerys is she's taking two huge losses in back-to-back weeks now. So yeah, she, maybe she gets a little bit more reckless. Maybe she starts, maybe she takes John a little bit more seriously. Maybe she says, you know what, <laughs> I can't do this without the North. So if that means we got to go and and fight the the army of the dead for a little bit, or or pretend like we care about that. To get them, you know, to, to build that allegiance or to build that alliance, you know, it, it sets up nicely that maybe there's a continued dialogue there. Um, well, it, well, look, 
the real question, the reason I was asking is, is Great Warren or Garner? Because I feel like if FP was here, he would ask, is Missandei on Tinder? <laughs> <laughs> okay, that, that, that's the real question. Okay. He's already checked, Steven. You're giving him way too much time. As we, uh, as we discussed I last week. in season one. All right? <laughs> the moment he saw her. I think we confirmed last week that the the unsullied means they are uh, they're stripped. They can't do anything. I don't care. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of the right. berries. No, I think I think of everything. They got the twig. But but you know I'm a little disappointed in all of you. You know this is a sausage fest over here. I think we're sleeping on Alaria and how hot she is. You uh, just got you just got too. a thing for chicks and chains, man. I, I don't understand you. No, no, yeah. she's exotic, Stevie. She's exotic. Yes. Yeah, I, love, I, I, I don't I, get I, it. I agree. I don't get she's it. She's definitely exotic. She's got oh, a great she's, body. She's got that Catherine Zeta Jones look, but I mean, like enjoy, thirty years ago, before enjoy she it married for one more. Did. Enjoy it for one more episode because she's finished. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, okay. Let's get to someone else who was finished. Uh, you like that segue? Last ep- last scene, of the episode. Uh, Jamie takes the Lannister army to High Garden, and they take uh, everything, and you get a really powerful scene with Elena Tyrell. Uh, you know, it's it's on the heels of last week where she talked about she talked to Daenerys and said, don't trust men. You know, I've outlived all of them and these guys are all idiots. Here she is approached uh, by a man and uh, she's a goner. And she has this great scene where she just talk about your I mean, she pulls it out and basically reveals to him. <laughs> and I told my wife uh, somehow my wife thought that was the first time. We had discovered that she was behind Joffrey's death. It's not uh, mm-hmm. that she had told Marjorie uh, when they were walking uh, through the gardens after Joffrey's death. She, she told Sansa him. too. Yeah. yeah. So, so that, that was not a reveal, except to Jamie. Uh, you know, what, what did we think of Elena? I mean, she she's been a protagonist. I mean, she's been somebody who's been on the right side of the show for so long. Uh, she's fan favorite. She's she's you know, are we sad to see her go? I mean, I, I'll give her credit. She drank the wine like a champ, but spilled the tea. I mean, <laughs> it was it was fantastic. She she uh, she definitely went out on a bang, and she wanted to make sure that Jamie was heading home pissed. And who knows what is that going to do to his psyche? Is he going to mm-hmm. recover? Who knows? I, I thought he was going to stab. Yeah, I, I mean, was. He thinks it's Tyrion, right? I was waiting for the sword to come out. I was waiting for for her to meet a, a quicker doom. Um, yeah, but it's again, it's the consolidation of characters on the board. Like Highgarden doesn't play a role. I mean, like John said, they they were alluding they they wanted to rob it. So, um, you know, Cersei and Jamie Jamie maybe more so deserve the credit for. I mean, we didn't know that that was their plan. Basically, let Casterly Casterly Rock fall focus on high garden but that's a huge win for them and but, uh, for jamie but, to get that hey. little bit of justice at the end there with the uh you know with, with the poison it, it just she went out like a champ um i, I don't think she'll be missed like she's, but, but joe actually to, to your stupid theory about jamie killing cersei it's not stupid I, it's I, gonna happen i i didn't think about peter's point that he just made but that really changes jamie's view of Tyrion. But to be honest, he knew Tyrion didn't kill uh, Joffrey. Yes, I mean he I got knew I, because he, he told he no, but he no, but he, he went to battle to with Cersei. He told Cersei, "There's he's in, he's a, uh, uh, I'll go back and pull the quote before next week." But he told her, 
it couldn't have been our idiot brother, basic, more or less. He defended him. But yeah. how many times? How many times has Cersei said, you let our brother who killed our father and our son escape? And he never responds to her. He just he just takes it. No, he just takes it because he knows how to pick and choose his battles with his sister. But like Steve also said, he told her. On, but okay. I actually don't think he cares anymore. Like we see him in the beginning of this episode, push her away. When when yeah, was, when was the like pushing away? Much. Yeah, maybe at, at the beginning. Yeah. Uh, right, right before she bent the knee. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That is one way. Triple E. Yes, okay. Yes. <laughs> it, it, it was both knees, though. <laughs> Look, no, no one is sad to see Olena Tyrell John. Uh, give me something here, okay? I mean, let's memorialize this woman appropriately. I mean, I think she was a badass character throughout the show, but like Joe said, I hate to admit it, the show is winding down, and they need to start like they're ending storylines right now, essentially. And she really doesn't serve a purpose. Yeah, she, I mean, we she's saw, not going to be getting a spinoff show. That she's we just saw, not. That's not going to happen. We, We've known from the beginning that High Garden was all about the money, and they really didn't have any armies or anything. And we just saw the culmination of this at this episode. Um, but I really think this is just going to cause more hostility between Jamie and Cersei. I actually don't think it's gonna. I don't think Jamie was pissed off to find out that she had killed Joffrey because we see when she calls him a cunt, like. He doesn't even flinch. He actually hated his son, I feel like. I don't think Jamie was pro-Joffrey by any means. Yeah, maybe it irked him the wrong way that, okay, someone's passing up to murdering my son. But at the end of the day, I think what's going through his head is this all comes back to what Cersei is doing. And here's this wise woman that we've all looked to for counsel for six seasons telling me, watch your back. And I really think like this is going to be the point where we start seeing the division between the Lannister siblings. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I I agree with what you guys are saying. I think Olena Tyrell put her stamp on the show at the Purple Wedding. Okay, and that that is her greatest accomplishment, if you will. And at that point, after that, she essentially served no purpose. She had kind of passed on, uh, you know, all of her her traits to Marjorie, who kind of took the baton. Uh, from that, and, and I guess once all the Tyrells went down uh, at the Sept of Baylor, you know that that storyline was finished. So I, I agree with all that. I thought it was uh, I thought it was a cool way to end the episode. Um, I thought the way she died was cool. The poison, um, you know, and and the contrast between her and Alaria's daughter with the poison and Cersei drinking uh, the thing that that saved her from the poison. Uh, that's cool. And the way that, that that episode was really cool. Everyone else think that was a great episode. I thought yeah, I mean, there's so much dialogue. Best. Yeah, I mean, all the dialogue is fantastic. Uh, there's so many lines that we can go through and such good stuff. Um, that was one of the better episodes. I mean, every episode this season has been top-notch. Everyone agree? 100%. Yeah, probably the best season, actually. It's been okay. Yeah. Yeah, Joe, uh yeah. I'd love to see you and George R. R. Martin getting a duel, okay? Uh, uh listen, listen. The it's yes, it's better and it's moving along. What do you Yes. Why why are you asking questions you already know the answer to? We've seen a fight episode every 
We've seen a fight scene Joe, every what, episode. Joe, what do you want? What are you looking for? What else? He, he wants Anthony Scaramucci. I John, want can, to go. Can, I want can, them can to we... rewrite the 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 ending of last week's episode. Okay, we almost had a let's be honest scene, and stupid Euron comes in, and you know Steve got all excited for the wrong reasons and ruined it. So we haven't had one of those scenes in three three seasons. So you're upset someone put a damper on the lesbian sex party. Is that yes. why you're upset? Yes. And that's why you don't like your own? All right. Honestly, so, so, <laughs> honestly, sometimes on this podcast, I just want to go Scaramucci on Joe and just call a New York Times reporter and just go off on him, okay? Call him a schizophrenic. Okay. Jeez. Uh, anyway, anyway, I guess we're not getting into Mooch today. we got to save that for another episode. Uh, I guess we've gone on too long. But let's get some final thoughts, okay? Let's go around the horn. Um, let's talk about what we got to look to uh, next time. I don't know if everyone caught the uh, next on Game of Thrones. Actually, I didn't. Uh, I did so not I'll catch just, that. Just kind of uh, make it up. But what do we think is the next major play in this? And it can be in any storyline, in any place. Involving any character, what is the next uh, big story that we're going to see next episode? Uh, Let's I'll, go. I'll start. Go, I'll no, start. I want to go first. I want to go first. All right, go ahead, Joe. Thank you. Um, I, I think Tyrion, Tyrion, and um, and Daenerys are going to have like a, a little come to Jesus meeting. I think she's going to put him on the spot. Oh, that's so boring. Just, just Joe. hear me out. I think she's going to put that's him on so the spot boring. and ask him have a why, why <laughs> his, why are your brother and sister? like winning at this game of chess right now like they're they're dominating Tyrion so I, I think he's gonna have a I think and I think this is when my boy Varys makes a return to the to the main stage he's been quiet now for for two seasons he got ripped he got his uh he got his butt ripped at the beginning of last week or beginning of season one he went completely silent last week and had you know some throwaway scenes uh this week so I think that he makes his return next week and Littlefinger's also been really quiet I mean something's going on but I mean, they can't just waste that character. That was actually a good character. So, I think a couple things next week. I think it'll be a slower episode. All right. So uh, we got to take it up to the wall. Um, where are these freaking White Walkers? Where are the Whites? The Army of the Dead? And if you all notice something, season seven, I just picked up on this today. Actually, the beginning of the show with the Game of Thrones jingle. If you look, <laughs> if you look at the Shivering Sea. It's frozen because winter has come. All previous Ooh, episodes, insider the knowledge, sea, the shivering sea has been water. The been king melting. of the north has struck so, again. <laughs> so if you look, they do not even need the White Walkers and the Whites, the army. They don't even need to climb the wall. If the sea is frozen, they can easily go about the wall. It's not the shortest distance, but they can walk around it. Why? Why make it frozen? That's the question. Grand Maester. Uh, okay. I don't think it's going to be a slow episode. I thought this week's episode was rather slow, and they have a habit of alternating. Um, I think we might see another Euron battle. I'm not sure with who yet, but he's kind of on a rampage right now, so... Uh, that's one prediction. And the other thing is we didn't see Arya at all this episode. So I think we're going to see some of her next episode. Damn, if that so means cool. the, <laughs> the Stark meetup is a little sooner than I anticipated could be. I also don't think we're going to spend lots of time at Dragonstone 
with John mining the dragon glass. I think they're going to kind of skip through that, and we might see a fast forward to the northern men on their ships back to the north with all the obsidian mined. Because what is the yep. point of them staying at Dragonstone anymore? Yep. Yeah, I mean, time, time is of the essence when you're talking about you know, we got three hours left in this season to get through a bunch of storylines. And I'm I'm with you, John. I think watching Game of Thrones now for six-plus seasons, you start to focus on when they don't hit a storyline the episode before, they have to work it into the next episode. So I'm going to go with two storylines. I'm going to go with, I think Arya is going to make a move. Where that is, I don't know. I, I'm assuming she will arrive at Winterfell uh, and meet up with Brandon and... and uh, Sansa, and then the second one is don't sleep on the Hound. Okay, I think the Hound and Thoros and that other dude who's dead, Derek <laughs> Bondarian, okay, I think they're going to be major players in this. I think all of these magic power people are going to get together. The guy's got a flaming sword. I mean, how, how appropriate <laughs> is that for fighting the White Walkers? So I feel like the Hound and Thoros and them, and, and the Hound has seen the vision. So the Hound is a believer, okay? He's a Lord of the Light guy, okay? Him and Melisandre may get it on next week, so uh, I think they're going to somehow... <laughs> There's your scene, stuff. Joe. Yeah. Hey, uh, you got, I don't care for that scene. Already, I, I don't say, care. You might be asking for more than you can handle with that. <laughs> Stevie, do the Hound and the Mountain meet in Season 7? They're brothers. I think they, they have go to blows. To, I think they definitely will. They definitely will. As somebody who regularly goes to blows with his brother, I think you gotta <laughs> you gotta go to blows with your brother. Okay, I think uh, those two armies will meet. Uh, and so, yeah, I think. Th- I mean, this is going by quickly. I think. Uh, what are we on episode four? I believe, as a sneak preview to our listeners, is the shortest episode in the history of Game of Thrones. I think it's fifty minutes uh, in its totality. So. I think they make up for it in the last episodes are like 73 and almost 85 minutes, I think, is the season finale of uh, season six. So a lot to look forward to. It's been great. Uh, hopefully, uh, you know, you guys come back and join. Grandmaster John, as always, it's a pleasure. King of the North, Papa Pete, always good seeing you, always good having you. And, of course, the caboose, Mr. Joe, uh, thanks for pulling up the rear. All this right, is, uh, We're signing off, DTC. Follow us online. We'll catch you all later.